Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. It is a Monday edition of Flyers Daily, and uh, we look back at the week that was, the week that will be, and uh, a couple of other topics as well with our Monday insider, our guest. He joins us every Monday from PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. It is Bill Meltzer. Bill, how you doing? I'm doing well, Jason. How about you? Doing good. I think we're. I think we can officially say we're in the home stretch of the season now. Yeah, we are. Uh, you know, once once a seven game homestand is over, there's hardly any home games left. It's it's yeah. kind of crazy. And, and the thing is, is it's kind of where I want to start tonight because it is the home stretch. This team knows that it's not going to the playoffs. Some of the guys may still be saying, "Well, we're not mathematically eliminated, and anything can happen." Baloney. They know. Um, yeah. And you look at the situation, Bill, of you know knowing you're out of it being pretty pronounced pretty far out of it it's been a long year it's a grind there's been a lot of injuries and you know the general manager was fired just that's over a week and a half ago all of those things but one of my biggest takeaways in this weekend's games the game on friday against the the buffalo sabers the 5-2 win and then the uh, overtime loss against the carolina hurricanes was i think we saw a team that is continuing to play really hard they've done that for most of this season it hasn't been every game because i think that's maybe impossible but it's been pretty much every night uh, that you can ask and more than you can ask for. For sure. Uh, I was concerned a little bit in February mm-hmm. because there were a number, too, too many kind of ugly non-competitive games in February. They've righted the ship in that regard. They, they go in every night and, you know, win or lose. And, and obviously the record is what it is, but you know, they're going to leave it all out there. They're, they're going, they're going to compete as hard as they can. So from, from that standpoint, you know, that standpoint, that, that's, I guess, what you want to see. The other part of it, too, that you want to see, and something we talked about mid-season and um, numerous times over the, se- over the season, is the young guys are stepping up yeah. as we're heading, heading down the stretch. Not, not only playing a lot of minutes, but also delivering, also producing. So that, you know, that, that's all good. That was my second takeaway from the, week, from the game in Carolina in particular, is that you know, the team down 2 nothing, then down 3-1. They needed to find a way to get back into that game and, and make it a game. And it was all the young guys who led the way. Farabee had goals in back-to-back games. Uh, I don't know that he's done that this entire season in back-to-back games. Uh, then you look at multi-point performances by Tippett, multi-point performances from Cates, multi-point performance from Tyson Forster and Morgan Frost. And I look at that and I say, is this the beginning's development of a new young core. You need more talent for sure. No doubt about it. And you need to add to it, but is this the beginning pieces of a new core? I, I think so. Um, you know, I mean, you still need that central nucleus piece. And I, I think every, every name you mentioned, in, including Tippett, although Tippett might be the exception is more of a really good supporting piece than a lead dog. I think. But guys who can fit in, play with talented players, you know, produce if they're with the right players. You know, the, so there's a lot of promise in that regard. You know, yeah. the, is, is there that franchise player there? There isn't. There isn't. Um, you know, but and uh, it's something that I actually we discussed in the press box, actually, uh, uh, before the Carolina game. If you look at those six games leading up to uh, Tippett Hattrick, now, we only had one point, one goal in that stretch. That was against the Rangers. 
but over that over that six games, excluding the the hat trick game leading up to that game, um, he had 28 scoring chances in six games. And I, I, I was and I was like, well, league wide, where where's that rank? And it was tied for first with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Good company. So, you know, <laughs> and, and so you know, it's only a stretch of two weeks, six games. But it just it just tells you he's been all over the place, you know, creating so so many chances, using his speed so effectively. Uh, the flip side of that, of course, is you know, Drysaddle had eight goals among the twenty eight chances, and and um, and McDavid had six goals in his twenty eight chances. You know, and of course, Tippa did have the hat trick the other night. Working, being a more consistent finisher was, I think, the the one thing that's remaining for him to be a real frontline player in the league. And, and and we'll see that we'll see that you know if and when he proves that, but just in terms of his ability to beat guys one on one, just take off on, on a play. Um, we talked about the um, the the set play goal. They scored the hat trick goal on. Yeah. I mean that, that guy once once he's off, nobody's stopping him. And being as big as he is too, on, on top of that, he's not a you know he's not a, a little speed. So he's a big guy who can really skate. So you know that he has that really high end uh, physical physical set of tools so he he might be the exception of the the other guys are all good players in different ways can contribute in different ways all do certain things quite well um but uh you know you you put the right pieces around them and they could be solid contributors i think all that's there but you, you know you need the lead dogs to go with it too yeah there's some refinement that all of those players and like you said including Tippett and his you know ability to finish in tight off the rush or you know, so he, a lot of shots over the net and, yeah. you know, he's a player. Sometimes he defaults to the backhand a little more than I would like as well. Um, Cause he's got that shot. I'd love to just see him unleash it sometimes even a little more, but I'm thinking you're starting to see, you know, those stats that you brought up about McDavid and dry they confirm what the eyes are seeing. And, yeah. and because you see a player and you see that when he's on the ice and the way he's been playing in this confidence that he has now is so pronounced in the way he's playing you know the the areas where he'll try and make a play he tried to do an unbelievable dangle off the rush in the second period in that game in the game against carolina i was just like whoa where did that come from but you just see this confidence building and you know i'm i said this on yesterday's episode i'm trying to keep myself under control and how excited i'm getting about the player because I know the things that he needs refining and he can work on in an offseason finishing and, you know, getting, you know, those elements of his game to a different level and bringing the whole package there. But man, is he, Bill, you, you saw it in the Carolina game in particular, when he gets the puck and starts going and it, and on Friday as well, I mean, the crowd is starting to kind of rise with them and, you know, they're all, their butts are coming up out of the seat before he even does anything. They, yeah, there's, a, there's a very good chance that the, that at least a scoring chance is coming out yeah. of it. Um, he, he's he's really good at just beating guys one on one. And the other thing he's starting to do more, um, there's a there's a corollary to that. But the one thing he's starting to do more is he's starting to to take the puck to the net more himself. Power the puck to the net. If he does that consistently, he's going to score more consistently. Um, he has the ability to do that. Take it to the net, flip it upstairs, or, or maybe slip it through the pads or whatever. You know. Um, he, he tends to still shoot a lot from the outside. Mm-hmm. I think his shooting percentage will go up if he takes the puck to the net more. Um, so he's, he's doing that with more consistency. One thing I, I'd like to see him do a little a little bit more of 
is if a line mate has the puck, he should make a beeline, you know, for, for the far post or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think he obviously he'd score more goals that way too. He'd have more tap in kind of goals. Um, you know, I, I, I'd like to see him do that a little bit more. Um, it's not just chemistry with line mates. It's also a mindset too. Yeah. So I, I think that as he continues to evolve as a player, if he can do that. I don't think there's any stopping him. I really don't. Yeah. Torch said to us when we met with him the other night, uh, before the Carolina game, he said that the two areas he wants him to work on is his, where, what he's doing without the puck offensively, which is yeah. to your point, you know, going to that back door, getting a tap in goal. And then the other thing is protecting the puck a little bit better. He's got that big frame. Sometimes yeah. he holds the puck out where it can get a stick on it and can be taken away uh, from him as well. So, um, but he, he's been of late, man, just, just one of those guys that's been a spectacle to watch and it's great to see. And he's such a quiet guy in his demeanor and so reserved, you know, uh, that it's even better to see that. And what better than to get a true, I mean, an absolute redhead to get a Adric on St. Patty's Day. How fitting. Um, uh, some of the other guys that, you know, are in that young core, we talk about, you know, Frost, we talk about Cates. Um, you know, you look at uh, the play of Cam York. And I want to ask you about Cam York because, you know, I'm seeing plays that he's making and, they were really trying to stretch the ice against Carolina. I thought they needed in the second period to shorten that up a little bit because when Carolina gets on the four check, that was a result of both their first period goals. Uh, but, but what have you seen out of Cam lately? You know, he's a player that pops a lot when he's playing well. His He'll make these unbelievable eye-popping plays. He hasn't popped a lot, but I also haven't said, boy, he really blew that defensively. No, no. he, he You can see the improvement there. And I – you don't, even, you don't even talk about him playing, you know, playing his offside anymore. He's really, he's comfortable playing the right side. Um, that's good both in the short term and in the long term. It gives you so much more flexibility when you have a defenseman who's comfortable on either side. You don't even have to worry about it. Um, very good stick around the net, too. You know, he, he breaks up, he breaks up a lot of plays in close. He's, he's saved some goals this year. Um, and... A lot of times, because the Flyers are a team that really have trouble clearing their own zone. He makes so many clean passes. You know, it, it could be that it could be that short pass, but it could also be catching somebody uh, breaking out of the zone too. He's one who consistently helps move the puck up the ice very well, and um, you know he has the offensive bend to his game too, where he'll he'll join a playoff ice or whatever. Um, you know, I'm still waiting for him to score that that wraparound goal. Because uh, that, that, in, in college hockey, that was his weapon of choice. He doesn't use it so much in the NHL, so he's going to surprise a team or two. He almost, he almost scored a couple this, that way this year, but I mean, you know, may, maybe by the end of this year. But but I think you know, I think he's going to get a couple that way. But um, you know, I mean, and actually, one thing the Flyers have been doing the last few games is they've gone to two defensemen on, on the first power play unit. They've had D'Angelo and York on it with three forwards. Um, you know, and actually the power play, not specifically because of that, but uh, maybe a little bit. It just simplifies things a little bit. Um, they've, you know, they've looked better the last few games. So that's, uh, you know, and, and they've actually scored power play goals in, in back-to-back games. So they can finally, finally stop being net negative since the All-Star break. We, we can we can put that stat away, thankfully. Yeah, no question. I, I think one of the things, too, if you have York and D'Angelo, it allows Cam to, to maybe you know, roam a little bit in a way and find space. And yeah, being back-to-back power play goals in games is something uh, that we thought we were only going to dream of until maybe next year. But 
Um, Tyson Forrester, Bill, uh, he's come up and, you know, he's doing the little things. He didn't wow me until the goal, which yeah. I predicted three games in a row that he would score. Finally, he got one for me. But, you know, the little board battles, I see a much stronger guy in those yeah. situations. And then let's talk about the goal because, I mean, the shot's about 11 and a half inches off the ice, just over the pad. Yeah. He goes low blocker after he surveys the ice to see, do I have an option here? I don't. Let me fire it. And he beats Freddie Anderson. Uh, but in my opinion, he's a player that absolutely looks ready. He'll go back to the Phantoms and hopefully get a good long playoff run. Uh, but this is a guy that's coming out of camp next year with the team. I don't think there's any question. No, I, I, I completely agree. Um, I, I love that goal all the way around because yeah, uh, it, it was a great pass from Frost to spring him. Mm-hmm. And then and then became a give and go. Frost jumped into the play, and you could see Anderson kind of looking. Do I have to get over, you know, for a return pass? Mm-hmm. And, and Forster disguised it the whole time until he until he actually shot. And that was a gorgeous shot, as you said, just above the pad. Um, and then what? And shooting was the right play there. If you yeah. if you try to make the return pass, you know, maybe it's a goal, but just just as likely it, it uh, misses connections or it hops on the ice or or so many things could happen. He has such a good shot. I want to see him shoot. And if he shoots and Anderson gets a piece of him, there's a rebound, there's still a second chance of the goal. He gets a shot to the middle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In, in that situation, I want to see him shoot every time. So that was, you know, that, that was just perfectly done all the way around. And, and nice for him to get a, a power play assist, too. That was uh, yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Multi, his first multi point game in the NHL. I talked to Joel Faraby after Friday's Buffalo game. He got that goal. It was the first time he scored since January 9th against Buffalo, 27 games. And I said to him, I asked him about, you know, where his game's at because it's it seems like he's kind of been chasing his game all year. He really downplayed that. And I'm not sure if it, Bill, if it was because he he said, yeah, it's more like the media saying that, blah, blah, blah. I, I, I don't know if that's just self-accountability and he's not having excuses or what that was. I, I tend to think, that was him just saying, I'm not going to lay out an excuse. I got to perform better no matter what the situation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that's, that's what it was. I mean, listen, you know, for a lot of that 26 game stretch, whatever it was, um, till pretty recently, he wasn't getting a lot of scoring chances. Yeah. And that's, he also, you know, taking some frustration penalties, up ice penalties, the retaliatory penalty. He sat for a period. There was the game where he played 10 minutes. You know, his game just wasn't there. Um, I, I think since that time, you could see it starting to come back. They had that game against the Rangers um, where I thought he had a good game that night. I, I mean, Tippett kind of stole the show that night. Tippett played 27 minutes. Yeah. But I thought, yeah, I thought this is a good step forward for Farabee tonight. And then they had a game against Detroit where Farabee – had what four scoring chances and yeah, he, he couldn't finish and he robbed them yeah just robbed on a couple of them and it's okay that that's the next step that was getting chances goalies are robbing them stay with it right and it took a, took a few more games beyond that but then he he gets the goal against buffalo and you know what i mean whether he wants to admit it or not he relaxed he played much more freely mm-hmm. and and the the Rebound goal he scored to tie, tie the game in the third period um, against Carolina. If he didn't score in the Buffalo game, I'll bet you he wouldn't have scored that one. Yeah. But would have just double clutched at it or, you know, it just – things happen. Things happen when guys are in, in droughts. 
And once the drought is over, you know, the puck starts going in again with some more regularity. So the the goal in the second the second game after getting it, you know, getting the one on Friday night, I, I think the two really I think the two are related. Whether he wants to say it publicly or not, I, I think it was it was a weight off his shoulders. Yeah, and I, I love the fact that he's got that accountability for himself because the accountability doesn't mean anything unless you have it with yourself. And sure. he's not making any excuses. So that's a good thing. Um, let's talk about the potential return of two guys, Bill, because let's talk about Couturier first, because, you know, I saw him skate a couple weeks ago and I'm going, yeah, not this year. I'm thinking I'm not going to get my wish of seeing him in six, eight or 10 games to see how his body responds. And I saw him last week and it was a far different person that was skating on that ice than I had saw just a couple weeks prior. I saw a guy pushing it. I saw a guy that looked like, the old number 14, Sean Couturier. And boy, he looks like he's getting really close, Bill. They're going to have to make a really difficult decision and consult uh, the doctors, uh, have the meeting. I said, Cooch is probably going to have to put on a PowerPoint presentation as to why he should play. (laughs) But uh, uh, hire somebody to get that done for you, Cooch, if you want to get out there. But he's looking really close to me. Yeah, he's really, really, really pushing. And uh, I mean, he, he, he... he does. He, he looks like a guy. You know, looks like a guy after a normal. And I think he made the comparison. He said he feels like he he does normally at a, in a training camp where he's had a, a normal summer of training, and 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 physically feels fine. He says so. You know he hasn't taken any pounding yet. The you know the hands and the timing and some of those other game things that you really can't simulate. You know in in a practice environment that's going to take time. Realistically. Um, it's been over a calendar year since he played getting, if he can get in some games and it's not 18 months since his last game, you know, just, there's just so many, so many things you want to know. You want to know if he gets into some games and takes some hits along the wall and then, and whatever, just the, just the wear and tear of playing. Um, does he hold up? And you, they need to know that. Um, even if they're not going to, go aggressively into free agency or anything that just none of that seems to be in the cars. You still need to know, are you going to have this player or not? And it, that's a big difference when you project lineups with or without Couturier. It, it's uh, he's still going to be at the top of the Flyers lineup um, if he's able to play. And if not, you're figuring out what are your contingencies. They, they need to be able to do some planning. So if he can, if he can play fantastic, both for him, for the team, um, you know, and and it really does. It looks like he's getting close. And I and I would have I would have said it's I would have said no way either a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I, I was when we talked to Torts the other night. He, we were talking about Tippett, and he's I try. I'm it's like I'm trying to figure out the right center for him. Who's the right guy? He's like I just don't know that I've seen him with the perfect center just yet. And I said maybe that's fourteen. And maybe, he said, maybe. you know, I was thinking about that the other night <laughs> as I'm going through the things in my head. You know, very well, very well, might be although. I'm of the opinion that Frost has set up a lot of chances. For people. Yeah, me too. You, you, go, you go to that Rangers game where Tippett could have had three or four goals. Those would have all been primary assists for Frost if they'd been yeah. finished. So, but but they are different kind of players. Yeah. They're definitely different kind of, but they, they seem to work together well. I don't truly see that as a problem. I, I know Torres has brought that up several times. I, yeah. I, I'm not on that page, but but at the same time, the guy plays with Couture, anybody who plays with Couture benefits. If you remember when Couture was healthy, Truly, anybody that was on Couturier's line became a better player. Yeah. 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 So I, I always said he, that. Way. 
when they were changing okay. the lines, there was a line yeah. outside of AV's door to ask him to play with Couturier. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, when the year that uh, Konechny had his that all-star, the first all-star caliber year, uh, and he was playing a lot, a lot of that season with Lindblom and with uh, and and with Couturier. I mean, Couturier was really obviously the one that drove that line. When Couturier played with Giroux, I mean, they mm-hmm. they, I mean, he was just he's just he's just so good and always at the right spot. And Reeds plays so well. You know, he's not the fastest guy, he's not the best pure playmaker, but he makes so many good good smart plays. And he's so big and strong too. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, all those things. He he helps any line that he's on. Yeah, I always said he just absorbs so much of the bandwidth of the other team, yeah. not through that sheer terror like it is with McDavid, but just through always being in the right places, making the little plays. So he absorbs a ton of their bandwidth, and it opens up a lot for the other guys around him. Um, the other guy that uh, we could possibly see returning is Travis Konechny. Uh, we know the season that he has is the only Flyers point per game, more than a point per game player on the roster, albeit he's only played 55 games. Um, so when you look at TK, uh, you know, is do you think it's wise to bring him back? Because he's not in the same boat as Couturier in the sense that he hasn't played since December of 2021. He played yeah, just and a month ago. And, and it sounds more iffy with him that that will mm-hmm. be cleared by then. Um, no, I, I don't think it's as pressing. Um, I mean, he played as recently as the middle of February. It's not going to be a surgery kind of thing. It's not like you're. It's not like you're playing for. And it's not like he, it's not like he's gone a long time without playing. Where you want to know are you going to have him next year? Um. So uh, if Connecty Connecty is in a different boat, I wouldn't really push it with him. If yeah. he he says if he's you know if you have a a week or ten days left, I feel fine. I'm ready. And then I guess then I guess let him play. But anything short of that. If he's playing, just because, yeah, I can go, uh, I, I would exercise caution. I mean, with Couturier, too, if there's any doubt, right? Yeah, there's no it, You incur no risk. Yeah. yeah. Correct. Do not take any risk on if there's even a 1% of 1% chance you don't do it um, because you don't want to damage the player further going forward. Uh, this week, Bill, uh, the homestand continues. Three games in, four to go on the seven-gamer. Uh, Florida on Tuesday, Minnesota on Thursday, Detroit on Saturday, and then Montreal will wrap up uh, the seven-game homestand and they'll go to Ottawa for one and then uh, come back home to take on uh, Buffalo before heading out on their last, I guess, significant road trip of the season, a four-gamer. But uh, some tough opponents this week and opponents that really need points and uh, for the Flyers need to lose crowd. I guess they'll be happy that they'll have some motivated opponents and a motivated opponent in in both the games of this weekend, and they ended up with three out of four points. Yeah, uh, I mean, a lot of a lot of times that that spoiler role, you know, it's uh, listen, you know, they're they're professionals and they they prepare with every intention of competing, and in game you try to win. That's what they do. Um, I, I thought that uh, you know, but but I, thought, I was expecting more juice out of Buffalo. I really was. Um, uh, you know, Buffalo really, their, their playoff hopes were flickering at this point. And I really expected them to put, they, I thought they would get Buffalo's a game. They got nothing close to Buffalo's a game. Flyers, Flyers really, you know, really kind of had their way for much of that game. Um, and for, for Carolina, I, the desperation was there, but I, they, they were 
for a second straight game, kind of uncharacteristically sloppy. Yeah. Um, you know, the uh, Flyers, but also was the you gotta give the Flyers credit too. Um, Flyers played with a lot of pace. They mm-hmm. they really pressured the puck pretty well, and early on the game, um, you know, you were sitting next to me up there. I was like, boy, <laughs> their forecheck is, is you know, the real deal. They were always on the Flyers, and you know, they the Flyers simplified things a little bit. Um, for a while, the Flyers were beating with with uh, with stretch passes. They and then Carolina got wise to them, so the Flyers found other ways, and um, and several times the Flyers found themselves. With transition opportunities, they, they don't give up a lot of transition, mm-hmm. Carolina. But the Flyers, the Flyers were creating a lot of that too. You have to give them credit. So, um, you know, if, if they play that way, they, they should be in most games. Whether they'll have the firepower to win is always, always a question mark. Um, but uh, you know, yeah, I you know, I, I think that the, these games that are these games that are coming up this week, a lot of these young players and guys playing for contracts. You know, that's that's really uh, that gives them consistent motivation, game in and game out. Um, you know, it, it's the, it's the guys like um, I don't want to say JVR because he's playing for a contract, but the but the guys who are guys who kind of know where they're going to be and you know they're veterans and they know they're not they're not they're not making the playoffs and whatever. You, know, you talk about pride and professionalism and all those things. It gets to be a grind this time of year. You know, yeah, it's human it, nature. It just is. It just is. So it, it's a uh, it's a constant battle to uh, get yourself up for the game. And you know, I mean, even the Carolina game, Flyers fell behind two nothing. They could have packed it in, and they didn't. Yep. So you know, uh, opponent. I think opponents should realize that uh, you know the Flyers are going to give you the, the best game they can give you, whether it's you know whether it's enough or not to beat you. Most nights and it hasn't been, but uh, they they do play hard. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's. The kind of what this season's about is about, you know, for the, the word that Torch uses is standard, getting that standard back and a culture back. And maybe it's about, you know, regaining that part of the equation. Torch keeps mentioning, get some guys out of here. He mentioned the pregame again before the Carolina game. We got to get some guys out of here. And I, I'd love to dig deeper on that and get some truthful answers. I don't think I will. Uh, and then the other part is, you know, maybe a clear and concise plan moving forward. Um, w- without the variances of uh, changing course is, is what this season ultimately becomes and leads to uh, better days down the road. So uh, time will tell on those things, but uh, we shall see. Bill, great stuff as always. Read Bill's work on PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. And we'll be back tomorrow. Sean Couturier will be our guest on this very podcast tomorrow. So join us Tuesday for another edition of Flyers. How long, how long will I slide or separate my side? I don't, I don't believe it's been slitting my throat asunder.